HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. The world is changing faster than ever, and you need a website to go with it. Whether you're a seasoned pro looking to build your following or just starting out with a brand new idea, you need a landing page that's bold, innovative, and uniquely yours. Whatever your passion, you need a web designer with experience, panache, and heart. We can't help you with any of that. Hi, I'm Lou Bank. And I'm Greg Benson. Are we Silicon Valley tech visionaries? No, we're podcast hosts. And that's basically the same thing. And we're here to tell you about Ancestral Agave Syrup. Ancestral Agave Syrup is the 100% pure nectar of the agave plant. Now, wait a minute, you're thinking. I've had 100% pure agave nectar. Well, not like this, you haven't. That stuff is processed with a diffuser, which introduces acid. Plus, it comes from Blue Weber, a monoculture that dominates farms, depletes the soil, and won't help you grow your brand or expand your e-commerce functionality. Ancestral Agave Syrup, on the other hand, is made by slowly cooking down the pure agua miel from Salmiana Agaves in Hidalgo and Tlaxcala, two states that have been harvesting those plants for generations. It also won't expand your e-commerce functionality, but it will grow your brand if your brand is person who makes kick-ass margaritas or pecan pies or pancakes. Unfortunately, the families behind this tasty stuff are being offered big beer company bucks to rip out their agave and plant barley instead, which would be a crime because ancestral agave syrup is about as far from the processed stuff as 100% pure Vermont maple syrup is from that sticky bottle at a diner. So don't build a homepage from one of several easy-to-use templates, but do grab Ancestral Agave Syrup. Today, our first 25 customers will also receive a special limited edition Agave Superhero comic book. So do not wait. Protect the land, make better drinks, and save the bats by grabbing some today. Go to... Wait, what was that about bats? Uh, yeah, it's an important food source on the migration path of the Mexican long-nosed bat. Huh. Yeah, the flowering stalks of the agave also provide protection from predators. Oh, that's cool. Should we get back to the ad now? Yeah, let's do that. Go to AncestralAgave.com or click the link in the show notes to grab some today. Ancestral Agave Syrup. It won't help you build a beautiful website, but it will make your cocktails taste really, really good. I'm a 
I'm Lou Bank. And I'm Linda Sullivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps Green Gex bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. I love when you pick that up. <laughs> okay, so as we sit here in the mobile studio today, Linda, you will see before you two fine gifts. It's, you know, by the time people are listening to this, it's well past Christmas. But for us, it's just the 12 days before Christmas. Well, I'm glad these gifts aren't birds. <laughs> Songbirds, yes. Yeah. Yes. So one is this bottle of ancestral agave syrup um, that uh, that we've been talking about for the last several, not you and I, but that Greg, uh, Greg and I have been talking about the last several episodes before as a commercial. Mm, right. It looks delicious. Right. And then even though when Greg and I talk about it, because, you know, he's a lush, um, we talk about it in terms of cocktails. Mm-hmm. But before I came to pick you up in the mobile studio, I stopped by uh, Dark Matter Coffee, our friends at Dark Matter. We love you guys. Yeah. And I had them make you an agave latte. They told me once that that's their most popular drink is the agave latte. Really? Yeah. With, yeah. Made with this syrup? Well, normally they make it with uh, with the uh, nonsense bullshit syrup that I told them to stop using. They just, you know, they won't listen to me, Linda. They need to talk to you. Uh, but this time, I, like, none of the people who knew me were there. And so I was able to convince the people behind the counter to use <laughs> this very special ancestral agave syrup to make the latte. So oh, you your... gave them this, and they made the yeah. the drink with what yeah. you handed them. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Right? Like, well, how, we need that pretty... in more places. I mean, bring I... your own meat to Burger King. Yeah, that sounds very dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> fair. Okay, delicious. Yeah. So, you know, and so there's your, and you can tell me, if you don't like it, it's okay. You can cheers. do cheers. Yeah. You can, uh, um, uh, you can say so. I'm just really curious what you think of it as a latte. I love it. It's softer. Well, you know, of course you love it because it's a dark matter latte, but my, yeah. wait, do you think there's it's, well, you many. don't know, you've never had their agave latte before. I don't think I have. You know what I usually get there? What? It's called, um, wake and bake. It's what? the black <laughs> pepper and sage. Oh. Um, I think it, yeah, well, usually I get it with oat milk, but it's a latte. It's delicious. I've always assumed when I saw that that they literally put like CBD in it, so I've always avoided it. I I just assumed (laughs) it was some kind of amped up. There's no drugs in there. (laughs) It's just black pepper and sage. It's like a really savory kind of earthy latte. It's delicious. Right on. Okay, well, next time I'll try that. Is there any agave syrup in there? My guess is no. I assume that the simple syrup is infused with the black pepper and the sage, and that's how they make it. But I, it doesn't, I've never noticed that it says agave mm. syrup. So you know, I don't know if it's sugar or agave. And I like that you said simple syrup because that gives us the context to talk about this syrup, which is complex syrup. <laughs> that's funny because simple syrup is the name for, an, you know, yeah. any sugar yeah. thing that you would make. But the more stuff that you add to it, the more complex it does get, which is funny because then it really shouldn't be called simple syrup. It anymore. really shouldn't. Uh, it's who not do very we, simple who when do you're we... adding all kinds of stuff to it. Right. I, do we have to lobby the FDA on that one? Mm-mm. We'll just change it right here, right now on the podcast. We, really? We, we have that power? Oh, yeah. Okay, we bartenders, drink ex bartenders. The name to complex syrup Compli- when you add shit to it. Yes, <laughs> otherwise it's simple. Simple okay. if there's just sugar and water, complex if you add flavor. 
everyone agree. Everyone who agrees, say aye. Aye. Uh, okay, there okay. we go. <laughs> I, think, I think we got that covered. Okay, so but so let's talk then about this complex syrup, which didn't have anything added. But um, so here's here's what this deal. And you haven't heard the commercial because you don't listen to our podcast. Right? No, I do. I'm just way behind. That's you okay, want to know yeah. why I'm behind. I do because Chava's podcast cut in line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going to love that. I know. You've been listening to too one, much Heritage Mezcal. He Mescal. did one recently about Salmiana. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I love oh, that that's variety. Your, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, that was right up my alley. I had to listen to that. Yeah. But, okay, but what's the excuse for the rest of the episodes? Oh, well, it's been too cold to take the dog for a walk, and that's when I listen to podcasts. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought you meant like it's just all of his podcasts are in front of mine. Uh-uh, no, just a couple of his oh, okay. cut yours. Just, I still love you. Oh, no, I know that. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in the mobile studio. <laughs> I do love the mobile oh, that's, studio. <laughs> that's awesome. So, um, uh, so what this is, right, is with agave syrup, what you get primarily commercially here in the USA, what you get has been... Even if it comes from organic uh, agave, generally it's blue Weber agave, mm-hmm. right? So it's contributing to that uh, that monoculture in Jalisco, and and generally what you get uh, is uh, blue Weber that has been processed using a diffuser. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you get all of these agave geeks and bartenders and everything who are screaming about, oh, I hate diffuser tequila, blah, blah, blah. And then meanwhile, they're covering themselves in uh, diffuser made <laughs> agave syrup and uh, and then chicken feathers. Oh, yeah. Do you know anyone who's doing that? Uh-uh, no, but it reminds me that I haven't yet watched Home Alone this season. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> this is going to sound weird again to people in January, but trust me, in December, <laughs> yeah. that joke kills. Anyway, so uh, so we write like we get this agave syrup that's that. And for a while, in fact, there was even um, a boycott amongst some bartenders who were very agave centric, where they refused to use agave syrup. Um, you know, I'm looking at you, Brian, and you, Shad, where they just they weren't going to do it because they they felt like that was contributing to the part of the uh, the spirits industry that they didn't want to support. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So this is the opposite of that. I love it. Well, you you love that it's the opposite. Yes, you don't so even far. know what it means. I know, but opposite of all that bad stuff you just said is great. So okay, I'm tell, on board. Tell me again the agave that you love. Salmiana. So is this from Salmiana? Enough, uh, yes, it is. <laughs> so this is um, this is composed of three different varieties of Salmiana that are growing in Hidalgo, Mexico. Right, and there are a number of producers in Hidalgo and Tlaxcala who have been making pulque forever. Right. Mm-hmm. And now that pulque and it's been a tiny market, like a disappearing market and beer like screwed up the market for pulque decades ago. And just recently, pulque has been on the rise. But as it's been on the rise, right in Mexico City, like right. suddenly the cities are like, oh, these gringos, they like uh, they like mezcal. Well, we're even cooler than that. We like pulque. So now they're drinking more pulque. Huh, but cool. right. But yeah. as they're doing that. There are a bunch of these mid-level guys who are getting into the business of making pulque, and they're doing it at scale in a way that is uh, forcing the price down 
from these families who have been doing it forever. Mm-hmm. So, right? So, in essence, the the rise of pulque is putting at risk the cultural heritage of these families who have been really the stewards of pulque in the same way that the mescaleros, mescaleras who have been stewards of mezcal are the ones who don't get to use that name and are sort of on right. the outskirts of the industry. Hmm. Right? So, so they've been trying to figure out what to do. And uh, Chava and I went there with our friend Gonzalo to visit some of these producers. And one of the things that they've been doing is instead of fermenting the agua miel that they harvest from the uh, the uncooked uh, salmiana agave, the agave that's still in the ground, right? Instead of fermenting it into pulque, they've been cooking it down the same way that all of the fine farmers in Vermont are cooking down the sap of their mm-hmm. maple trees. Mm-hmm. Slowly, yeah. over open fires. Yeah, making a reduction, essentially. Yeah, and that's what you get. And, you know, and, and so... So we've been, Greg and I had a scheme. We were going to do a Kickstarter, but he hated the idea of giving Kickstarter any of the money. So instead, we just set up a website. I know. Oh, gosh. I know. Lou and your thousands of websites. I know, right? And URLs. So to be fair, this one wasn't me. This is this is on Greg, not on me. You didn't use a uh, domain that you had purchased years ago? No. I bought three <laughs> domains for this one. We've got AncestralAgave.com, which is the main one. I think we got agave, uh, AncestralSyrup.com, and then I think I got AncestralAgaveSyrup.com. Cover all the bases. All the bases. <laughs> and then I forgot to put any of them on the label. Awesome. Anyway, right, right. Awesome. Um, but so what we're trying to do, in essence, is find a market for this uh, amongst the agave geeks, uh, but also, you know, also amongst chefs, like I just dropped off uh, 20 liters of this with our friends over at Frontera yesterday. Oh, really? What are they using it for? Well, you know, it's funny. I thought that they were going to use it for uh, baking, right? So Jennifer, who's no longer there, but it, like, mm-hmm. you know, who was there when oh, we yeah. started doing this. You know Jennifer. Oh, of course, And now yeah. there's a different Jennifer She's there. She's only just recently not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very <laughs> recent. Um, so I thought that she had asked me for the 20 liters. And so I, as she was leaving, I was like, do you want this there or at the new place? Uh, and she said, oh, I didn't, I wasn't the one who wanted that. That was Zach. Oh. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know what Zach... for savory, then, is what that angles towards. <laughs> well, or, again, this is Zach. Maybe he just wanted to do the artisanal version of covering yourself in agave syrup and chicken feathers. Oh, well, that would be really nice. And very Zach. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. It would be. That fits his, his personality. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> he could play his little drum while he's covered in chicken feathers. <laughs> okay. That's a picture you're going to descend in for the uh, the cover of the episode, Zach. Um, so, so, Calendar coming soon. Yeah. So, so I honestly, I'm not sure what he's going to do with it. But, you know, and the guys at Dark Matter have been talking about using it for their lattes. And so there's all of this. But, you know, like I'm, I'm of two minds with this. Like, first, First is this is much more expensive than the commercial stuff, yeah, right? And course. and so you you have to look at it sort of the same way that Craig likes to say this. They're sort of the same way as the really fine Vermont 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 maple syrup right. versus Mrs. Buttersworth. Yeah, exactly. No offense, Mrs. Buttersworth. I think you're a fine lady. And um, <laughs> why are you hiding that laugh? And, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, fine lady just got me. Yeah. Fine really? lady. She's a fine lady. 
fine lady in a beautiful pancake skirt. Um, so, you know, you got to look at it that way, number one. So, like, it's, I, I want to say it's like four times as much as the, the industrial stuff. But, you know, the other piece of this that has me concerned is I'm so... Like initially when they when uh, Gonzalo pitched us on this, I was very reluctant to do it because it felt to me like maybe I end up being the guy responsible or at least partially responsible for turning pulque families into syrup families. You know what I mean? But it's another stream of revenue when their main stream of revenue is suffering. Why? 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 Why do I still have my seatbelt on? Um, oh, I do too. <laughs> We're um, so safe. I don't think suffering is one of their streams of revenue. <laughs> it's not. Oh, but you're saying their mainstream is suffering. Yeah, you know that's right. But like, I, I so in my heart of hearts. Really, what I would love, what I, oh, hang on. So let me get to the other piece of this. Okay. Okay. So then there's the conversation that, um, that we've been having with Bat Conservation International, where they tell us that these communities in Hidalgo and Laxcala are on the migratory pattern of the, I want to say it's the Mexican long-nosed bat. And so they need agaves going to seed, right? So mm-hmm. I, I already had this plan of, okay, I'm just going to start paying a bunch of, uh, Tinicoleros or Tlachiqueros or whatever they call themselves, the people who make pulque, the families, right? I'm going to pay them, I'm going to, in essence, buy unmade pulque. I want to buy, uh, you know, how many, they get like, I think it's five to 10 liters a day out of uh, any given plant. I think they said it's something like uh, um, uh, 90 days that they do that. So that's 900 liters, let's say. And so 900 liters of pulque. I want to buy 900 liters of pulque. But I don't want you to make it. You want to pay for that percentage to go to seed. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to pay you to not make pulque, kind of like, you know, the USA does with corn. Yep. Um, and let it go to seed so that it becomes a food stopover for the migratory bats. So, I, I, like, I already thought, okay, I need to do this, right? And then I thought, well, okay, if I combine these two things, in essence, I mean, I'm not going to pay them to not make syrup, but... If if I pay twice as much for the syrup, and then that allows them to let half of their agave go to seed or some portion go right. to seed, right? So then I thought, okay, well, I I can I can live with that regret of maybe turning these families into syrup families who are also saving bats, right? But does it have to be either or? I don't know, but well, this is I the know thing. that you have to like if you're looking at one plant. You have to choose whether to make pulque out of that aguamiel yeah, yeah. or syrup. So in that way, it is either or. Yeah. But oh, these salmian are wild, right? Mm-hmm. These are silvestre. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry. No, they're not. They're not? No, no, no. no, no, no. Farmed. Oh. Farm, farm, farm. From in seed fact, or iuelos? No, you know, this is another interesting thing. And I think if Chav and I didn't do an episode on this, I I, I know we certainly recorded the interview. Um, so I'll I'll dig through. And uh, and if not, then you and I will have a follow-up episode uh, where we use those quotes from uh, from the uh, the Tinicolero. But uh, in fact, what they said to us in a nutshell was that they use the Iwelos, but they exchange Iwelos with neighbors in oh, order cool. to ensure, right, like a different way to ensure genetic diversity. Ooh, and, yeah, I like that. Right? I hadn't heard of that before. Yeah. Wait, in, in Mezcal, though, or Agave Spirits, we do, I don't know of anybody who's farming Salmiana. Seriously? Do you? Yeah. Really? Via, yeah, the Via Suso family. 
No, they're not. Yeah, they are. Right next to their uh, their uh, fabrica, they have like fields and fields where they've just started planting them. Oh yeah, but none of them have come to maturation. Oh yeah, it's no, like no, ex- no, they're yeah. like experimenting. Oh yeah, with yeah, it. yeah, yeah, for sure. But but yeah. these in in Tlaxcala and Hidalgo, they're they're successfully farming like salmiana to full maturity. Oh yeah, no, there's the, yeah, but you can find that also. I've well, I shouldn't say you can find that. That's a, that's just rude. I have seen that <laughs> in other places. Like primarily, I've seen it in um, uh, in Oaxaca. But so I've Liana. also yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've also seen it in um, in Durango. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I like. I mean, look, this myth. This myth of uh, there are some agaves that can't be farmed, it's just nonsense. Everything can be farmed. It changes when you farm it. Yeah, and it's just a matter of figuring it out. I I mean, I think sometimes we are in the agave conversation wherein a lot of other conversations, we are beyond it. We've learned (laughs) X, Y, and Z, right? Or the generation before us has learned it, and now we're working with that intel. I feel like this is happening right now while we're living, which I think is really exciting. So it's not like you can or you can't. It's just like, oh, we figured that one out. Check. We're moving on. Now we have to wait, right? With the Salmiana, it's annoying. Got to wait 10, 12 years. Like, let's see if this experiment works. Well, so, boy, so two thoughts on this. The, the, the first one is um, this This is making me think about the experiment. It wasn't an experiment. The the failed endeavor that we did with Zochil at the uh, at the middle school in Sachila, from which we, we source our uh, Tobala the, seedlings. Yeah, these are the Tobala. Yeah, the, the seedlings that we purchased through Sacred and then we hand out to Mesa. So we, a couple of years ago, a year ago, um, we got her a bunch of seeds. We got the school a bunch of seeds from other agaves uh, to so that they could, you know, diversify. Oh, right. Not Tobala. Well, also Tobala. In but addition then, to. In addition to Tobala. Okay. And boy, like her germination rate, the school's germination rate for Tobala is something like 95%. And the German germination rate for these other seeds was something like 5 to 10%. It was, oh. it was awful. It was awful. And I think it's because of exactly what you're saying. Like people, they, they understand how to do Tobala. Right. And so they treat every other seed like Tobala. But they need other things. It, right? Yeah, it's different conditions, sure. different like and so so it was a failed uh, uh uh I shouldn't say failed, right? Like we got we got some seedlings but not what we should have gotten. More of a learning experience than a success <laughs> of <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, and and I think about um about our friend Greg over at Finca is it Finca 18? I think it's Finca 18. Um where he was very successful with his experimentation of germinating seeds from all these other agaves around uh, Mexico. He did it all in his greenhouse he set up in Jalisco. And now Mm. it's to the point where he has too many seedlings um, to plant on his land. So he's given a bunch to us, the sacred. Yeah, to distribute to mescaleros. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know who else? This is probably not... Um, an experiment that has come to fruition yet, but wasn't Sergio from Ultramundo also doing that, bringing uh, like agave 
I don't know if it was seeds or huelos onto yeah. his property yeah. and trying to see what took. Yeah, yeah. My my uh, my recollection, I could be wrong here, but my recollection is it was uh, Espadine to start and it was a failure for him. Oh, it didn't work out. <laughs> it did not work out. Now, uh-huh. I think he's trying with some other ones. And what I, what I keep hearing is, um, I shouldn't say I keep hearing, I've heard a number of times that if you germinate the seed in the local soil, in the local, um, in the right way, clean it the right way, give it what it needs, which is going to be a little bit different mm-hmm. based on the different, right? Um, that it has a much greater chance of survival than taking a seedling from mm. a place like Oaxaca and moving it to Durango. Now, right. it's you know, like starting it in its familiar surroundings before you. Yeah upheave it into somewhere new. Yeah. Now, having mm. said that, you know, we we, we took two thousand of uh, I want to say it was um, uh, two thousand Madraquiche. I think it was Madraquiche uh, seedlings from Greg uh, and shipped them to a mescalero in Oaxaca. So it went Jalisco to Oaxaca, hmm. which is funny, right? Because mm-hmm. of the Karwinski, mm-hmm. right? So we'll see what happens. Uh, but, my, you know, fingers crossed it'll be successful. But, you know, to get back to your whole, okay, now we'll wait 12 to 15 years. Yeah, yeah, I know. I took us way off the. Uh, no, no, no. It's okay. There. No, no, no. <laughs> this, is, this is like, this is the, 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 the fun of hanging out in a car with you in a. <laughs> In a busy business district where they're packing meat. Um, <laughs> There's a sentence I didn't know I was going to hear today. Hey, we knew there was going to be some kind of meat joke, <laughs> didn't we? Didn't we discuss that at the beginning? We did. We did. Yeah, we yeah, started yeah. off talking There's, about yeah, we'll, meat and we'll vegan. Get, yeah, 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 yeah. It's no longer breaking bread; it's tearing meat. That's oh, how. Lord, that's I how knew you bond with try friends. And get that in there. Tearing meat. Oh, I don't love it. No, that's okay. <laughs> um, but but uh, you know this. Uh, I, 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 oh no! I poured this for you the other night at the event with Dan Saladino. So the, you, that huge bottle that you had alongside Amaras and Lucy? Oh, I didn't pour it for you. Never mind. So this was a different event that I did, actually. So um, uh, Sounds like one you didn't invite me to. You don't get invited to everything, Linda. Rude. So, <laughs> that is absolutely much too hey, rude. Maybe you should start listening to our actual podcast. Oh, busted! <laughs> so, Java, save me. <laughs> so the... Um, the first seedlings that Sacred distributed, right, were, was 2017, and uh, obviously Tobala, because that's all we did back then. And those first seedlings, uh, I have a batch now of uh, of agave spirits made by uh, Manuel Ramos mm. in Miwatlan mm. that was made from those seedlings. Oh, cool! Yes, but think so about that's the, the timing. Full circle, seventeen. To 23. And it was, yeah, basically five and a half years to reach maturity. Five and a half years. You know, everybody says, oh, Tobala, that's 12 to 15 years. Right. And, you know, and I'm not saying that it's not, but right. I'm not saying it is. <laughs> I like, you know, there's this whole, what's, you know, what are the conditions? You right. know, where, what's the climate? Is that evidence that they were really healthy? Well, it's it's evidence that it at least in you know he he and his father Victor, um, oh, God bless Victor Ramos, uh, he and his father Victor told me once when I I, I bought a, a liter or thirty of Tepecstate from them, told me that that plant takes ten or eleven years to reach maturity, where they are. And, you know, that's the one you always hear, 40 years to reach maturity. Mm-hmm. It is the rarest of all agaves. It can't be far. <laughs> right? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's like uh, 10, maybe. Just like this, he said. Well, maybe 10, uh, 11 years, Lou. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> um, you, know, but, you know, but it speaks to, I, I think sometimes, hmm. 
And, you know, if I asked him now, he'd probably say 40 years because he gets so many more visitors from Gringoland, mm-hmm. uh, right? And it's like, oh, well, what do they want to hear? What's going to sell something? What, like, you, ah. and, and, part, you know, and I don't want that to come off as how do I market to the, to the Gringo, but rather I don't want to disappoint the expectations. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Because we associate that length of time to maturation, we, we tie it to such positive associations, mm-hmm. but but not incorrectly. I mean, that's every year over where it's building those sugars, that's adding complexity. Well, uh, maybe. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, so... If there, actually, there was an episode of Chava's podcast I where know. they right where, I know where they talked was. about this once and, again. Chava, help me. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so there was an episode about that. But what I will say is that uh, what Fabio was discussing was, oh, the the sugar becomes more complex as it ages and it reaches maturity. Mm-hmm. What it what what wasn't discussed on that episode or what I didn't hear anyway in it. And, you know, no claim to be a scientist or even a, a, a junior uh, scientist um, was, okay, well, if the plant builds up enough of its natural um, agavins, potential sugars, that it has the accumulated potential energy to reproduce at six years instead of 16 years. Mm-hmm. Well, is there any difference then? Is mm. it really just a matter of it's, it needs to be ready or is it literally, oh, yeah, no, no, same plant, 16 years, six years, whether it's ready to reproduce or not. So you want to actually make it take longer to reproduce and then it becomes more like, I, mm. I, I, yeah. Yeah, right. Because if it's if it's ready before you, you we were, you know, assuming that my initial thought when you first said that was, oh, that must have been a healthy plant. It was happy. Right. And so it made all its sugars and now it's ready to go. And that's right. a good thing. Right, right. Well, it, it, yes. And, you know, it, and, and I know that uh, most of the people that I talk to who use these plants to make alcohol, they don't really focus on, oh, I wish it didn't take so long. You know, I, I've never heard that. The oh. one the one time that hit my radar was uh, when uh, when Lalo wanted to buy a field of 99-year-old Araqueño plants. Ooh. And, you know, the suggestion, and I don't know that he ever explicitly said it, but the suggestion uh, that I heard was the family was going to tear it out to replace it with corn or some other... <gasps> Right, some other crop that they could rotate through to make money more readily. Right, right, because the nine years it's just sitting there; it's not making anyone any money. Right, but it's yeah. it struck me the way that it was presented that oh well, this is um, this is not a family that's in the business. They were just sort of trying something out, and oh. now it's not working. So he then took and he told me it's going to take twenty two years for that. Just like this. It's going to take 22 years for these plants to reach maturity. So that's another 13 years, Lou. So, you know, he moved the plants over to his house. And uh, and then three years later, it's like, oh, hey, they've reached maturity. They Some were of ready. Them, they, well, it's not all of them. It's, oh. You know, but, but yeah, like they started yeah. in three years. And maybe that's because they, they moved. Maybe it's because they were farmed instead of wild. Maybe, 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 maybe. Sure, sure. Right. Yeah. Oh, someone I know has this theory about the 400 decisions that go into oh. every process. Of you have, you have, you have a... You have a friend? I do. <laughs> One. <laughs> One. One who doesn't invite me when he's pouring Tobala from the Ramos. <laughs> also, can I please note, because I know everyone's thinking it, everyone you know has the same voice today. 
Oh yeah, well you know I've got basically two voices. There's the 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 male voice and the female voice. That's it. And you know there's a little bit of difference in age sometimes, but just sometimes. Okay. Yeah, you've heard my Connie voice. I have. Which is also sort of my Dolores voice and Dolores. And it's even like sometimes it's the Linda voice. Frankly, when you're not around and you I have to what? do you, this is what this is what it comes down to. Is like that's, it's that's okay. Be I'll, that take, voice. I'll take yeah. the Connie voice. Yeah. I okay. accept. Yeah. Sure. I mean, she gets <laughs> it a, sounds like she a gets, cartoon. She gets a little bit more of the Marge Simpson than you get, mm. but yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, so we got off course. So, uh, agave, even I don't know, ancestral agave syrup. <laughs> so anyway, so my great hope for this is that we do find a market for it that does help the families, but doesn't cause the eradication of their cultural heritage. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't know what else to do. And, right. and you know, and I know, like, even just saying that, there's a, there's a degree of arrogance. Like, it's my job to do anything, but I think. In a way, it's all of our jobs to do something when we recognize when we recognize a problem and we recognize how that problem can impact our species, our human species. And to not do something, I, I just that I don't see that as an option. I get that sometimes you can't do everything. Right. You can't do everything. No, but, but approaching it thoughtfully, like I didn't know that was cool to learn that that's like a stopover um, spot for the migration of that bat. The lady bat. The, the long, oh, what'd you say, the long nose. The Mexican long nose lady bat. <laughs> oh, Lord. But that's, I mean, to be so, to be thoughtful about that detail and incorporate that into the plan for like this new stream of revenue. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, we're like haters with new ideas and that what like how much more can you ask that is a good way to approach a problem right and then you try it and see what happens i think that so you had mentioned about how expensive this is this agave syrup yeah which i think now in 23 well 24 when this is out um (laughs) maybe 25 depending on how much roy hates the background noise sorry roy (laughs) Um, I don't know that that's as much of a hang up. I think that like the high end places, I mean, you're talking about dropping it off with Zach at Frontera. Well, they've got the library up there. They've got Topolo. They've got like, I mean, they can afford to pay for things that they think are ethical and sustainable and contribute to values that match theirs because they have customers who feel the exact same way exactly well there's other i mean there's dozens of new michelin stars and james beard awards and all i mean chicago's a great food city obviously this is has cocktail and coffee and food and baking applications i just maybe i'm naive because i think that we are all needing to become familiarized with like the new pricing structure, more Mm -hmm. of a post-pandemic general pricing structure. Things are more expensive to go out, to have food and entertainment is more expensive. You complain about it all you want, but (laughs) bring your your wallet and pay for it and then go home or just stay home and then don't buy things. But I just, my hope is that that's not that much of a hang up. Like that's not a burden to getting it out there. I think people would be excited about that. Yeah. You haven't actually tasted just the straight up spirit yet. Mm-mm. Uh, spirit, I'm sorry, syrup. syrup. No, not yet. Spir- spirit. Spirit. Yeah. You know, as you're pouring that and tasting it, it strikes me that that you and I should also open a, a restaurant called Michelin Beard. <laughs> 
uh, my brain immediately went to what the logo would look like. <laughs> Get that like that James Beard silhouette with a giant bushy. Oh wait, no, he'd have to have a Michelin star. You'd have to have the Michelin Man with the James Beard beard. Oh, that'd be weird. Or maybe it's James. God, this is like the an AI stars thing. Themselves I want are to... so weird. Are like they? From, well, I just—it's from a tire company. Oh, 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 <laughs> it's oh, oh, so oh, oh, strange. Well, no, I you know because it was all about travel. Back I know then. Yeah, but... the story is cool, yeah. but like when when you see pictures, people go and get their stars, and there's like a big Michelin man that looks like the, the marshmallow Stay Puff from Ghostbusters. You're like, huh. That's weird. Doesn't have anything to do with food. I just think it's funny. <laughs> oh no, I think it looks like a white guy who had too much to eat. Oh boy, <laughs> you gotta roll him out. Yeah, the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, right. This is cool. Would you call it, say, a complex syrup? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely complex. Yeah. It's really, it's like tangy and really dark. Um, almost reminds me a little bit of like a tamarind. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Sure. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. I'm going to create a cocktail with it. Okay, so you create the cocktail, and then we'll put that in the show notes. Oh, show and notes. And then send everybody over to AncestralAgave.com to get their little flask, little 100-milliliter flask. It's cute, isn't it? It's super cute. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Well, I think uh, that's, boy, this has been a, I thought this was going to be like a, a tiny doozy. commercial. This is, Jesus, this is more than 30 minutes, Linda. Jesus, he's here. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, for the for the purposes of this podcast, he will go by Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Linda, I think we'll wrap it and then you can take your seatbelt off for the next episode. What do you think? <laughs> Cheers. Okay, hasta pronto. See ya. You've been listening to Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps Gring X bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. We're blessed with sound engineering by Roy Sierra and a theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Marco Ricos. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, well, I'm sure you'll let us know that too. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Agave Road Trip. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pit Bulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization using the power of education educational storytelling about food to build a more equitable, resilient food system. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you hear on Heritage Radio Network might lead you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If you drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Drive responsibly. Eat responsibly, too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive. Do not walk either. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to stretch every 30 minutes. If you stretch every 30 minutes, please stay within your defined stressing capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you don't have a doctor, maybe Dr. Ryan Acock, the cocktail MD, can help you out. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip. Out.